We know that these different restrictions that they are um, causing us to work around, uh, we'll do the best that we can. And so that's why I'm leading song service tonight. I like to say, uh, let's just sing uh, before we get into any comments that I'd like to make a little later on. With my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise. I'll sing that. I guess I'm a soloist tonight. With my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise. With a heart of thanksgiving, oh, I will bless thee, oh Lord. Oh, I will bless thee, oh Lord. With a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Lord, with my hands lifted up, oh, with my hands lifted up, and my mouth filled with praise, with a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord, with a heart of thanksgiving. I will bless thee, O Lord. One more time. I will bless thee, O Lord. Amen. I will bless thee, O Lord, with a heart of thanksgiving. I will bless thee, O Lord. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do indeed give you all the glory, all the honor that's due your holy name. As Brother Tim was ministering this morning, Lord, about the Lamb, we say praise the Lamb. Glory and honor And praise to the King of glory. This one that we love so much, Father. And so, Lord, as you're the Lamb, the bleeding word that has come and revealed yourself to us in this hour. We thank you, Lord, that we have a place that we can run into and are safe. Various ones got their hands lifted up in thanksgiving. Other ones got their hands lifted up praying for lost loved ones. Others have their hands lifted up, Lord. That you will touch somebody in their home that needs a touch from the master. And Lord, you said, ask anything in thy name, believing you shall have what you ask. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask God for this little elected lady that is here tonight, gathered in the name of the Lord Jesus. That you will meet every need, that you'll touch every heart. As Brother John will minister, that you will anoint the servant of the Lord. That you will use him in a mighty way to speak to every heart. From the youngest to the oldest, Lord, we want to be, we want to be in our place of duty. That you can touch us and you can speak to us and you can move us into the place where you want us to be. So we commit not only this little song service, 
but the preaching of the word that you would have your will and way in Jesus' name. Amen. He's greater than all my sin, but that cleanses me is the grace that still set me free. That's what we're here for. Praise Him. I know the blood of life. I'm walking in newness of life. I cannot fall, for it's greater than all. Oh, the blood of the Lamb. Let's just sing it to the glory of God. Greater than all. The blood that still cleanses me is the grace that still sets me
myself my own Welsh revival. Amen. Where is the Welsh revival? Brother Branham, I just listened to him this week. He says, you know, here's some gentlemen, some uppity ups. They went from America to to Wales to find the Welsh revival. So they were looking for it and they found a, a little policeman standing on the corner whistling an old gospel hymn. Brother Kenny, just whistling an old gospel hymn. He said, excuse me, sir. He didn't have to take a mask off. There was no COVID then. He didn't have to take a mask off. He said, do you know where the Welsh revival is? He says, I'm the Welsh revival. So now look around your little room as daddies and mothers look around your children. You say, well, where's the bride's revival? I am the bride's revival do you know what it is not to have one guilty feeling? That's what the message is all about, saints. Not having one guilty feeling. of your soul. your hearts and you want to lift up your hands, you can rejoice. I know exactly what that song is talking about. It's not just a song I sing to fill in some time before the preaching, but it's something I can rejoice in realizing I am what that song is talking about. Well, as I said at the beginning of this little song service, that things changed in different orders. Apparently in Washington now, there's not allowed to be some song leading in the states and you're not allowed to worship when you're in a group of people well now we're starting to see the benefits of having you can keep on playing man you're not drowning me out is the benefits of having saints on the north and saints on the south we're going to hear from brother john andy's on the south and we're going to worship on the north just think what heaven's going to be like when we're all gathered together what a day that will be when my jesus i shall see so we've been discussing over the last little months, Brother Biscoll, myself, Brother Michael, we've been talking about coming down and, and being with the saints. And we don't know what the new order is. I mean, they changed 
It used to be weekly, and now it's daily. They're changing their different ideas, and well, we'll change with the change. But there's certain things we have a, a desire and have had a desire to do since October. We didn't know what the weather conditions were. We talked about December, maybe it being treacherous for the saints to drive up to the camp. And God's given us a mild winter. So you guys, so all the saints can gather and be together up at the camp. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I just pray that God will give us wisdom in the days that lay ahead. And, and we're looking to maybe coming down and being with you maybe by the end of January myself and then maybe a week or so later somebody else come down we just we just want some fellowship and however we need to do that and can do that we'll do it according to the orders that are given us we just love the Lord Jesus don't we we just want to be together once again and we're getting ready now to hear the word of God brother John Andes will be ministering to us this evening and if you've got a need just hold that need in your heart and say Jesus Will you use the minister? Will you use the Son of God? Will you use your vessel tonight to speak to me? Move me, Lord. I just don't want to hear knowledge. I want a heartfelt religion. I want to know your presence. I want to see the reality of Christ. And so as we get ready to turn the service over to Brother John, let's just bow our heads in word of prayer one more time. Father, as we will invite your servant to come and minister the words of life to us, I pray you'll give him great liberty in the Holy Spirit. The saints have gathered and traveled many miles to be together at the camp. I pray, Lord, that there will be a blessing for the youngest to the oldest. That the word of God would not go over anybody's head, but it will be targeted right to their very heart strings. And that you, Lord, the great master of all instruments, will play the strings that are on our hearts. That our lives would be melodious to you. And that we will praise you. And that we will give you all the glory due your holy name. So we've committed the evening to you now. And we invite, Lord, our precious brother John to speak words of life. Wonderful words of life committing now the remainder of the evening to you in Jesus' name. So as we invite Brother John Andes, here's my cup, Lord, I lift it up. Here's my cup. Lord, open the cup of your heart. Lift it up, Lord. Brother John, why don't you come and minister for us? thirsting of my soul God bless you soldier bread of heaven feed me till I want no more here's my heart Lord ah fill it up Lord and make me can we sing it one more time brother John has come to the pulpit one more time God bless you, Brother John. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quit. It's the first time. 
say praise the Lord. Is it good to be in the house of the Lord? To be able to worship him freely and be able to express ourselves. Even you in your homes to be able to be together with the Lord Jesus and with one another in this way. Brother Jonathan, I think I'm too loud for the local congregation. Amen. We just want everyone to be as comfortable as possible. Amen. To be able to have his presence come. Thank you, Brother Ryan. And thank you, musicians in Canada. And uh, we just thank you. Um, Brother Johnson, is it possible I have a, a view of the room here? Amen. We're just getting everything kind of where we can start our service and be comfortable with one another. I'm going to um, right now just um, give a little bit of awards. The last time I spoke here, um, we kind of spoke about the heaven's flag. And I kind of put it out there as kind of a little bit of a contest. And I want to announce tonight the winner of the Canadian. Brother Tom called him the North. This is the winner of the North side. This is heaven's flag that was presented from the Canada side of the border. Can we give them a round of applause? Everyone here and on the Zoom. And um, now from the U.S. side, we have three of the Lamb children that submitted their, this is Dawson, for the Dawson Lamb submitted his flag of heaven. And if it would have been possible tonight, I would have had all of them come up here in their masks. Then this is uh, from Cora, Cora Lamb. Now we have two submissions now. Y'all going to vote tonight on which one? <laughs> well, so you that we can see, can you all see that okay? And then this is uh, our dear sister Annalise. This this is her submission. I know it's hard to see, but uh, the, this is one here kneeling down and praying. And then, then this one is... Uh, I don't know if that's her or an angel coming into heaven, but this is Sister Annalise. These are uh, some of our children. So Brother John's going to give them an award. Uh, I wonder which one do you all like the most? All of them. I have to get all of them a, a prize. Brother Tom Frey, he's just said it. So don't, don't you all think this is wonderful? God bless you very much. Thank you, Sister Cora, Brother Dawson, and Annalise. Lamb, and I think I'm going to get the mother a little prize too. I think she had a little bit of uh, encouragement. So good for our homeschool mothers and what they go through. And for you that are in school and you that are going through this time, this past year has not been easy. And I have some comments to say about that a little bit later. But this is uh, in December now, near the end of the year. And we just um, are thankful. That you are still strong serving the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. And we're going to turn to two places in the Bible. And uh, one of them is the book of Jonah. And I know that's kind of a hard book to find. In the Old Testament. uh, We're going to be reading that second. Uh, The first we'd like to read in Luke chapter 11. Verse uh, 29. We want to welcome everyone there in Cloverdale to see your faces and to be able to participate this morning. Brother Tim Dodd spoke just a masterpiece on on uh, the Lamb of God and rejoicing in the Lamb. Aren't you thankful we have a Lamb tonight? My, I drove past some churches tonight on the way to 
this meeting and I thought, my, what are they speaking to their people? What are they giving to their people? We can come here and feed from the word of God. And to know that we have something fresh and alive and whatever uh, things are going on out there. We just want the presence of God to come into the homes, come into your lives. Uh, we see you on the Zoom. So any of you that would like to turn on your video, it's certainly an encouragement to see your faces. And, but we understand some, uh, just to know you're there with us is a blessing. And we have our, the chapel is, is uh, the many that registered and are here tonight. I, I, I said to Brother Ernie last Sunday, I said, everyone that is here tonight wants to be here. And so that's always good, Brother Israel, when you know everybody wants to be here. And um, so tonight, before we read the scripture, I wonder if we can just bow our heads again. I know we've prayed and wonderful song service, but I wonder who would just say, Lord, I lift my cup one more time. Our dear Heavenly Father, hands are lifted up. Lord, you look down upon us here at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp in the chapel here. You look there in Cloverdale Bible Way, there on the top of the hill. That just a few years ago in the mid-80s was just a field, just a few weeds and uh, trees lingered there. But to know that from that place tonight is going a connection to many of our families and many of our children and young people, mothers and fathers that we dearly love on the Canadian side and the U.S. side of the border. We've all gathered at the same moment tonight to hear the word of God. Lord Jesus, I pray you would take control of this service. I pray the power of God would be unleashed throughout this meeting. Lord, it's not by our might or by our power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. And Satan would dearly love to put a damper and a chokehold on our experience. But I pray in this December time that we would truly rejoice that the lamb was born. He lived his life. He gave his life. And in our day, the seals were broken that we could see him alive and well and walking amongst the people. Again, tonight, you're walking amongst our homes. You're in our living rooms. You're here in the chapel there in Canada. You're in the sanctuary. And I pray, Father, you would just minister in a special way from the scriptures and from your word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Does it still sound too loud tonight? No, is it okay? Okay, thank you, Brother Jonathan. Must be a good monitor up here. Amen. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 11. Is going to be our first reading. Luke chapter 11, verse 29. And as we come to the word tonight, this isn't a Christmas message. And I'm sorry if you came expecting a Christmas message. I want to speak personal tonight to every person. And I want to title tonight, Where Are You Going? Where are you going? And we're going to be taking that from Jonah's life and Jonah that at one time was running away from the presence of God. And then we find by the third chapter that he was now fulfilling God's will for his life. And we're going to find out tonight that all of us are a Jonah. And at some point of our lives, you're either going to be running away from him or you're going to be running into his will. And so tonight we're here to fulfill his will. Luke chapter 11, verse 29. And when the people were gathered thick together, 
he began to say, this is an evil generation. I believe he could say the same tonight. They seek a sign. And there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonah, prophet. For as Jonas, Jonas or Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the son of man be to this generation. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth. To hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold a greater than Solomon is here. How many knows that's the Lord Jesus Christ? Verse 32 is our last verse here in Luke. Jesus continued to say the men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold a greater Then Jonas is here. Tonight in this chapel. There in Cloverdale. Or you in your living room. Or bedroom. Or streaming on your tablet. Wherever you're at. A greater than Jonah is here. Let's turn back to the book of Jonah. In the Old Testament. And if uh, if you could please keep your Bible open to Jonah tonight. This is where we're going to start right away. uh, With this in Jonah chapter 2 verse 10. Where are you going? Jonah chapter 2 verse 10. And the Lord spake unto the fish. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Let's all read this out loud together wherever you're at. And the Lord spake unto the fish. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Where are you going? God bless you. You can have your seats. Our scene opens tonight with people spread out upon the beach. I don't know if it was sandy. I don't know if it was a rocky beach. There were people, they were Gentiles. It was an evil city. It was an evil generation. And as the sun had spread throughout the day and people had spread out upon the beach and the trees were up along the shore and all of a sudden out across the waters, we see a great fish. We see a great fish's tail. Some of you have seen whales or great fish. They might have called it a sea monster in the Bible or a great whale. The Bible says a prepared fish. The Lord prepared a fish and we see his tail and we maybe see him come up out of the waters just a little bit. And of course that was their, uh, the fish God was their God. And so, wow, people are just watching this and seeing this. It was incredible. Just maybe a normal day for these evil Gentiles. And all of a sudden, as just the time go on, all of a sudden, this fish begin to come closer and closer and its tail came closer. And actually the great big body of the fish came closer right up to the dry land. And we see now everybody just kind of gasping. People are starting to run and people are starting to look and wonder what is happening. And this great big fish opens its mouth and out from the belly of this great big fish walks a man. 
And the Bible said in verse 10 that the Lord spake unto the fish. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So it wasn't way out there and Jonah's swimming in. But now a great fish opens its mouth and out from the belly of a fish comes a man. And he comes walking out across the beach as it was. And people are watching. People are looking they had a great respect for their fish God. And I, I'm going to come to this a little bit later. It's going to be one of the real spiritual part of the services about Jonah. Because Jonah was just like you and me. He was a Christian, we would say. He was a son of God. and But there had been a time in his life, if you go back to chapter 1, that when God called him to go down to Nineveh, he actually went to another city called Joppa. And got a ship that was taking him to Tarshish, which was, was a long way away. A man running from the presence of the Lord. He was wanting to get away. He, he knew exactly what God had called him to do. It was very clear what he was supposed to go. But the Bible says in chapter 1 verse 3 that Jonah rose up from the presence of the Lord. And it says it again, from the presence of the Lord. He was going away. A man running from the presence of God. But now we see, because you and I are are a Jonah tonight. And I want to repeat that. You and I are a Jonah. We are either running from the presence of God. Or now we have find ourselves three days and three nights in the belly of a whale. And, uh, you know, there's many questions about how did Jonah breathe? And, you know, was there lights down there? And there's a lot of questions about how old Jonah was. And, you know, maybe how did he go to the washroom or whatever? You know, people's minds start asking all kinds of questions and all kinds of reasonings. And we don't know a lot about what went on in those three days. But Jonah was being taken first class. From out, from a permissive will of God into the perfect will of God. And tonight we're gonna go from, uh, 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 the whale of a belly, <laughs> the belly of a whale, you're listening, and we're gonna find out that if God can speak to a fish that doesn't have a soul, and it be obedient. Cannot he speak to a son and a daughter of God? And you will listen and you will obey, Brother Lucas, and you will fulfill exactly what God has called you to do. I may believe that tonight. So now we find the vomit and we find all the fish and, and we find it was dark down there for three days. And three nights. It's like God had took a man from being able to walk and, you know, buy a ticket to go on a certain boat to where now a big storm comes up. And, you know, big things begin to happen and things begin to move the ship. And if you want to go to chapter one, that's where it mentions the mariners on that ship. They begin to be afraid and they begin to wonder who it was or how did we get in this time of trouble? How did we get in this time of And I was reading a Christmas message of Brother Branham, the reproach for the cause of the word. And Brother Branham said, God sets a time and a purpose for everything that he does. There is nothing happens just accidentally to those who love the Lord and are called according to his calling. He said, we are predestinated. How many believe we are predestined by God? We are predestinated. And everything works just right 
for that. Because he cannot lie. And he said that was so that everything has its time and its season and it has its way. And God is behind every move. And sometimes you think that everything is going wrong. He said it's up to us. These things are put upon us. Trials and wonderings. It's testing to see how we will react on an action. I was thinking about COVID-19 in these last uh, eight months and what has happened spiritually for many people. But when you take this thought of what Brother Branham is saying, that God is behind every move, sometimes you think that everything is going wrong. But he said it's up to us. These things are put upon us, trials and wonderings. It's testing to see how we will react on an action. So now the question tonight is, where are you going, Jonah? Where are you going? Why are you going down that way from the presence of the Lord? Why are you trying to get away from the very thing that will keep you and uh, keep you strong and keep you well and keep that fragrance from the presence of God? He's running. So then we find this great big storm and this great big tempestuous. as you can read in chapter 1. He had talked to the mariners and finally confessed in verse 10 that the men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. You know, friends, we might think our life is private. We might think that what we're going through, nobody knows about it. But friends, our lives and our private life will become public. And now Jonah's private wanderings and his private going astray had become so public. Even the mariners knew about it. And even those that are on the ship and he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And friends, sooner or later... Our private lives is going to become public. And it was at that time when the winds were blowing. And he said, just throw me overboard. I'm the man that is backslid. I'm the the man that is, you know, not gone right. And they were trying to row with all the might in verse 13. and, And they were trying to row because the tempest wind was against them. But finally, Jonah, uh, verse 15, they threw him into the sea. And it's kind of amazing. How that a person that's out of the will of God, as soon as you cast them out or that spirit is cast out of a person that causes them to wonder, the storms stop. It's like God spoke peace. It's like I'm not going to destroy the ship and these innocent mariners. There's a man there. There's a predestinated seed in that ship that is going in the wrong way. And I've got to get him going this way. And if you look in verse 17, it's a wonderful verse of the Bible. It ought to answer a lot of questions for uh, many questions that people have about the fish. Or was it a whale? Was it a great shark? What was it? Was it a sea monster? The Bible says the Lord had prepared a great fish. You know, God's predestinated will for your life and my life is going to happen regardless of our strong will. 
regardless of your mother, your father, a strong-willed mother-in-law or a father-in-law or an uncle or an aunt or a boss, someone else in the church, God's will is going to happen for your life regardless. And we see like this man, uh, that, and tonight I'm going to be personal. Where are you going? I mean, we can come to church. We can get, you know, get the look. We can look all nice and look smug. We can present ourselves. We can, you know, say, I'm a good Christian. But when things begin to happen in our lives, you and I are a Jonah. We are a Jonah. We're either running away from the presence of God or God is taking us to his perfect will. What what happened in chapter 2 and in these next three days and three nights is also... What is happens to every true believer when, when you get outside of God's perfect will into a permissive will, the Lord begins to allow things to happen to bring you back in line, to bring you back into your right place, to bring you back into his predestinated will. And in these verses, which would be very good for some of you to maybe read this week, Jonah begins to express even out of verse three about how he was in the deep of the sea in the midst of the sea and the floods begin to come past him and thy billows and waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. I want you to notice whatever happens in your life, you might drink or reach for a bottle, reach for drugs or reach for something on the television or on the internet. There's nothing, brother Jerry, going to satisfy a believer, but the word of God. And it's amazing when he got in this situation, Brother Zoe, that everything that happened in his past began to come back to him. If you will just look toward that holy place, just look toward Jerusalem, look toward that temple, I will hear your prayer. How did Jonah know where was north, where is south, where is east? Where's West? And it's many a son and daughter of God gets in their wonderings. They get in their places and they, you know, your face, brother Steve, is just smashed against the belly of a whale. And all you smell is stinking, rotten life and bills and payments. And all you see is just your health going down and you see everything negative and now Jonah's face is being thrown here and salt water's going into his nose and there's no light switch there's no McDonald's there's no Burger King there's no salads being served he wasn't at a spa this was a man that was in the belly of a fish that was going through a trial because he chose to run from the presence of God where are you going tonight Where are you going? I'm speaking like every single person that I'm speaking to is a son or daughter of God. Because we're going to find out that Jonah, people, Brother Branham, uh, use this statement many times. You say, well, he's a Jonah. She's a Jonah. Brother Branham said they, they got the wrong conception of Jonah. Saying, well, he's a Jonah. He said, I'd like to stop just a minute for him. Jonah was no bad person. He was a real man of God. He said there's nothing happens providential to a real, true servant of God. It all works together for good to them that love God. I wonder tonight if we can all agree on one thing. Do we love the Lord? 
About half of you. Who loves the Lord tonight? Maybe on the Zoom. Hallelujah. We love the Lord. And, and, and if we're sliding or going in another way, I, I believe there's a desire there, Brother Caleb. I want more of the love of God. You are Jonah tonight. You're either running away or God is bringing you to his perfect will. And you're walking, and now I'm, in just a few minutes, we're going to start talking about this. But I first want to establish, you say, oh, that brother's a Jonah, or that sister, she's a Jonah. Look at their lives, they're backslidden, they're away. And Brother Branham's talking about how it's all working together for good. He said, Jonah was commissioned to go to Nineveh. But that ship going to Tarshish wasn't the relief. It wasn't the relief. He's talking about resistance. He's talking about things that happen in people's mind and in their life. He said it wasn't the relief for Jonah. He said, but it was God's provided way. And men who are honest and sincere in your heart, and you be sincere, he said, no matter what happens, it's God moving you. Notice the whale... Brother Branham used the words whale. Even the Bible says, especially prepared great fish. But Brother Branham said, the whale swallowed the prophet. And I've always felt sorry for Jonah, he said. We know he was backslidden, or we think he was. Had his hands tied behind him. And he was down in the belly of the whale in the bottom of the sea. And a big storm on the sea. In another message in Oregon, Brother Branham said, I've always felt sorry for Jonah. So many people condemn Jonah. He said, Jonah was a prophet. He was a great man of God. And you hear them say, well, he's a Jonah. How many's ever heard that phrase? Well, he's a Jonah. Oh, look at that young person. They're just a Jonah. They're just running from the presence of God. Watch what Brother Branham said talking about Jonah. I believe that Jonah did just exactly what God told him to do. Now, these are things that cause a person to really dig deep and ask some serious questions. You say, Brother John, did God tell uh, uh, Jonah to run from his presence? No, he did not. That was Jonah's own will. He had a will to go another way. But Brother Branham was trying to get this revelation. As I so like this morning, Brother Tim's comments about us finding our place and position and rejoicing. Did you catch that? Rejoicing in God's will for our lives. Stop being so morbid and sad and down in the face when when really we need to rejoice in God's will for our lives. And though the way may be thorny, I will praise the Lord. Though the way might lead us through COVID-19 and 2020, I still believe we ought to praise the Lord. I believe this chapel tonight ought to be full of the praises of God. They don't want you to sing, but I think we ought to be able to say praise God. Hallelujah. And even on the Zoom, you can wave your hand. You can, you can say yes. You can, you can show that you are supporting not just Brother John, but it's the Word of God. You are a Jonah. I'm a Jonah. Where are you going tonight? That is the question. Now let's just look in chapter two further as we see in chapter five and some of your children should really, really like this story of Jonah. It's more than a story. Because at some time in their lives, they're going to identify with Jonah and the weeds, the Bible says, were wrapped about my head. Brother Mark, we got so deep into the situation 
everything's just wrapped around my head. I got so deep and down a road. Things were stinking. Things were bad. I was almost drowning. Seaweed wrapped around my head. The fish goes down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God. Here's a son of God that had went away. Run from the presence of God. And God rich in mercy prepared a first class way for him to go to God's perfect will. Aren't you happy Jonah didn't drown in the ocean? Aren't you happy that the story didn't end? That Jonah was a backslidden believer. That the rapture just happened to happen. And he was out of God's will. And so there his life is sealed. No, that's not the story. God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And we see in verse 7 that Jonah, he remembered the Lord. And his prayer began to come up unto the Lord. Into thy holy temple. And I want to say tonight. Wherever you're at. God hears your prayers. A person might not even be in this building. And they, they, they might should be here. They might be wandering from God. They might be backslidden away from God. But I believe tonight brother Jeremiah. The elect of God. They never lose. That's something on the inside. That at their predestinated season. They will come. I believe that with all my heart. I'm believing for some of your children. Some of our loved ones. Verse 9. The end of verse 9. Chapter 2 verse 9. Jonah said salvation is of the Lord. And all these three days and three nights. Little did Jonah know. Brother Jonathan, we're going to come to that first slide. Little did Jonah know that the Lord spake unto the fish. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Let's bring up that first slide, Brother Jonathan. And uh, you can let me know when, when it's up. I just want us to be able to see together how far Jonah was running from the presence of God. Where are you going? Where are you going tonight? Somebody streaming this service. Someone... Uh, streaming this service and the Holy Spirit is asking where are you going what are you doing brother Jonathan's helping me just bring up I just have four slides I wanted to show you Jonah running from the presence of the Lord Jonah going away from God Jonah oh my You know, Brother Branham spoke a message, a man running from the presence of the Lord, 1965. How many remember that message, a man running from the presence of God? And just two weeks, uh, just two weeks ago in Seattle, uh, I know he's bringing up the slide here, but just two weeks ago in Seattle, I spoke on a woman running into the presence of God. Here, Brother Branham spoke on a man running from the presence of God. And I spoke on a woman that was running into the presence of God. In other words, it's a great credit to the Lord Jesus that in this time, uh, the woman is a type of the bride. A woman is married to Christ. She's a, a reflection of the man. Can I just have your attention for a moment as they brought up the slide? But a woman reflects the character of the husband. A woman is his victory. 
A woman is the body. She is the head. Tonight we are seeing the bride, a woman running into the presence of God. Hallelujah. I see some of you are interested in the slide. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah, Brother Derek. Amen. One of these days we're going to learn. Hallelujah. Look at this. Joppa is down on the right hand side on the bottom. That's where Jonah went down to Joppa. And he was going to go to Tarshish, which was way, I think it's on the left side of your screen, to Tarshish, across the Mediterranean Sea. Nineveh, as you can see, is on the right-hand side of your screen. All Jonah needed to do was just listen to the voice of God and be obedient and go to Nineveh. But Jonah decided, I'm going to go away from his presence. Brother Branham said, why? Because he was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. And they're Gentiles. They're a bunch of dogs. They're they're rebels. They're an evil generation. Jesus said it was an evil generation. And so I'm out of here. I'm going to be opposite. I don't feel like going down there and being a reproach for the word. I I don't feel like going down there and being embarrassed. I'm not going to go down there and, and, you know, be scoffed at and mocked at. I'm not going to do that. So he goes down to Joppa and gets on a boat to go. Where is it going? Way away. (laughs) Brother Ellie, the opposite way. He wasn't even wanting to be interested in going. Let's go to the next slide, please. I wanted to show you uh, how far this actually was. Joppa, if you can see, is where he got the, the ship to go. Nineveh was about 550 miles Tarshish was 2,500 miles. He like got a token. He got a ticket and said, I want to go to Tarshish. You know, it, it seems like it's, you know, it's a way, way and going away. And it's way, way away from uh, Nineveh. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do what God is leading me to do. I don't want to listen. I, I don't, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go the other way. Can you see that on the map? Next slide, please. Just a, another little picture. You can see where Joppa is. There on Nineveh, just being up on the top right of your screen, and then the Mediterranean Sea, and, and then way out there, I think it's the southern part of Spain. Yes, in that area was Tarshish. Now, our last slide might be a little hard to see, but you can see there, um, Joppa there, the little boat, and the A there. Is where he got his boat. It was a port city there. And that's where Jonah. In Jonah 1.3. Disobediently boarded a ship for Tarshish. Which means he wanted to go all the way. Way, way far. He wanted to get as far away. The opposite direction from Nineveh. And if we look now. This is our last slide. So if you just look up on the top part of. Of where God wanted him to go. This was a Syrian king. It was so, it was a, a ungodly place. It was a great city. It was the capital of Assyria and home. If you look in the last verse of Jonah chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible says there are more than a six score thousands persons or a hundred and twenty thousand people that lived in that city. It's incredible. On top of that was their cattle and, and all kinds of uh, animals that lived in that city. That was the destination. That's where God wanted him to go. 
Thank you, Brother Jonathan. And we'll go back to the screen. Now in Jonah chapter 2 verse 10. Let this be more than just a little Sunday school lesson or a little story about a man that's in the past history. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 10. The Lord spake unto the fish. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Remember animals don't have a soul. How many know that? Humans have a soul. Humans have a little place as little as a little button that's on Brother John's shirt here. That's a little place that's in your soul, in your heart, that's a place for God. A a whale, a big fish doesn't have a soul. But somehow this great fish heard God speak to it and said, take this man this way. This means something tonight. The Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. You say, why are you making this point? Because you are better than an animal. Wherever you're at tonight spiritually, you are greater than an animal. You're a son, a daughter of God. You come predestinated from God. And tonight, really, I could ask the question, because you are a Jonah and I'm a Jonah, but what chapter are you in? What chapter are you in? You say, chapter one is a man running from the presence of God. You say, a woman running from the presence of God. Chapter two is, uh, you know, him being down in the bottom of a fish, not knowing where is he going. God hadn't told Jonah, that you're going to be spit out and everything's going to be good. And, you know, he he didn't have all that in his heart. He's wondering what's going on and I need to pray. And where's the temple? Lord, save me from this. And I feel like I'm going down into the bottom of hell, Lord. And I'm thinking of David that said, though I make my bed in hell, he'll not leave me there. Hallelujah. God is going to bring you to your predestinated place. God was taking Jonah to his perfect will and he didn't even know it. Tonight, is it possible that all that's happened this year is God bringing you to your predestinated place? As a daughter, as a son of God, as a believer, God has a place for you and he is bringing you to that place regardless of how you feel. Regardless of your nose being pushed against the the belly of a fish and regardless of the salt water and the lights being out and it being so dark and you don't know what to do and you lose the connection and, and you wonder where everybody's at. God is bringing every son and daughter of God to his will together. Hallelujah, friends. If this has to go on for another five years, if it's all to get you and I to our predestinated place, I believe God's going to keep us. Can this audience say amen? Can the Zoom say amen? Whatever, amen. Whatever God's taking us through is for our good. He's barely able to breathe. He's barely able to see what's going on. He's not on the beach. He's not on vacation. He's not, you know, in a revival. He's not sitting in a camp. He's not up at the church. He's not sitting in a nice living room streaming a service. He's wondering what's going on in my life. So now we're just breaking out to our opening comments. The day has gone by. The beach is full of perverted women 
men are there and it's a Gentile city that had gotten evil. I don't know whether it was sandy or rocky. I don't know what the trees look like going up the hill. But all of a sudden the, 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 the fish and its tail comes up and then the fish comes up right out of the water. And everybody's like, wow, this is incredible. And right out on dry land comes a man. That had been changed. Before his attitude is. I'm not going up to these people. Bunch of Gentiles. Bunch of perverted people. They're not going to receive the message. I mean what a reproach to have to. You know preach and speak to people. That are condemned. And and it's embarrassing. I mean it's like you live in a glass bowl. And everybody criticizes. Everybody say. Somebody's throwing a rotten egg. Somebody's using your name here. Slander. I'm not going up there. So he chose to go another way. But God said there's a whole city there. That's going to repent. There's a whole city there. That's going to believe. And and turn to me. And Jonah says. I don't want nothing to do with it. Now if you open your Bibles. If you've got Jonah. I'm looking at my time. How many think Brother Tom's song led tonight pretty good? Just raise your hand. He did pretty good. Hallelujah. Brother Victor, what do you think about that? Yes, Sister Nisi. I know, yes. What do you think, Brother Gideon? Did Brother Tom do pretty good tonight? I do too. See, I can see Brother Gideon. Amen. Is he up there, Brother? He's not up there. Okay, we have to talk about that. Uh, Jonah chapter 3 now. I want everyone to come into now this part of the service. I don't want to be light and you just to skim over things. Because if you've went away from the presence of God, and you might be backslidden tonight, chapter 3, verse 1, is for you. I want you to listen. You say, it's all over. My testimony's ruined. I ran away from the present. I'm, I'm a Christian. And look at what I've done. Jonah chapter 3 says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Tonight for a few minutes I'd like to speak on the God that gives another chance. The second chance. If Jonah would not have been a predestinated seed, Brother Jerry, God would have just let him go. He probably would have drowned it. It would have been over. But here is evidence that you are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. Is God comes right back again and begins to speak to your heart. Brother Camden, Brother Logan, listen real close. Say, I don't understand what happened. I don't understand why I even went away. Look at what I did. And here now God's bringing you back under a power, under an anointing. And he says here even tonight, where are you going? Where are you going? Not to condemn you, but to say, I'm bringing you back. I'm bringing you back into fellowship. I'm bringing you back into my presence. I want your fellowship. I want your love. I'm redeeming you. I'm bringing you back. And you're just like, wow, that's incredible. Me? Me? Did you say me? Yes. God is saying, where are you at? Not to put your head back down under the water and you're staying another week down in the... No, no. Now is your time to walk out of that whale's belly. See, I didn't listen before. This is the time to listen. Say, I wasn't obedient before. Now's your time to be obedient. Again, you're better than an animal. 
You're better than a whale. If a whale can hear the voice of God and do it, you can hear the voice of God tonight. And no matter what the past has been, if chapter 3 verse 1 is coming to you, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. In other words, I'm the God of the second chances. Here I come. Here I come. I'm coming after you. Verse 2. You can look in chapter 3 verse 2 and look back in chapter 1 and see that it's almost the exact same commission. Arise. Go unto Nineveh. The word hasn't changed. God's will for your life hasn't changed. God isn't going to somehow bend everything to meet your, you know, your, the way that you think it ought to be. You've got to come God's provided way. There's only one provided place that we can worship God tonight. And that's in Jesus Christ. It's not in our human emotion, our charisma, or our opinions, or your, you know, we're not going to take a vote tonight and see. No, it's God coming down. It's the Holy Spirit coming down. It's the anointing that breaks every yoke. This is just a person responding. God speaking again to him. I'm looking at all these evil people. Some are on the beach. Some are up in the trees. And now I'm walking out here and God speaks to him again. Says, arise. Let's go. Let's go. Now tonight, listen closely. What I see a lot of times happening after this whole thing happened. And Jonah or a believer being embarrassed about the direction they've gone. I can see a lot of people just kind of slinking up the beach trying to slink down some trail and go off up into some trees. They are so embarrassed because they ran from the presence of God. They went away. That's what I see happening a lot of times when people that, even if God does something great and something wonderful, if they're not careful, they'll default back to that, that condemnation, that lie of the devil. And they'll slink on up and they're just kind of like, I'm, I'm just getting away from all of this. Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. I like verse 3 because he didn't slink up into the trees and just become, you know, and live on some island somewhere. He didn't slide into the back of the church and say, I'll never have a testimony. I'll never do nothing. No one will ever, you know, love me. No one will ever receive me. They just kind of go out and, no, no, friend. Verse 3, Jonah arose. And went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. It's just obedience. It's just doing what God is asking you to do. And we see in verse 3, Nineveh was a great city. It took you three days to even walk through the city. And as Jonah, now what had changed is his attitude. What had changed was now the people of this city, their God was the fish God. So all of a sudden you have a great big fish, Brother David, open up its mouth and a man walk out of there. Everybody's, wow, that's incredible. We got to listen to that man. What's he going to say? This man must be from God. See, Jonah's whole attitude was wrong. But in the midst of those days and in the midst of that time, God had brought a person to where they were broken, where they were willing to listen and be obedient. 
That's two very important things. Listen. And then be obedient. If a whale can do that. You can do that. Stop being stubborn. Stop going the opposite direction. And if it was easier. We bring up the slides again. But we're not going to. I mean. When God said go to Nineveh. Joppa. It's not even spelled the same. Tarshish is way, way over there. He, he went willingly. He was resisting. It was, it was a permissive will. To use Brother Branham's words. It was a permissive will of God. But God was. Because Jonah was a predestinated seed. It was all going to work out. Regardless of all of those things. In fact Brother Branham said in Illinois. There's one man here. That I'd like to talk about a minute. And that's that fellow Jonah. So many people turn and say. Uh, turn Jonah down and say. Oh he's a Jonah. Are you listening? Jonah never got out of the will of God. (laughs) That's what Brother Branham said. You say, ooh, Brother John, it sounds so contradictory. Well, it's not over. In chapter 3, we find Jonah going through the city. Verse 5 is an incredible verse. So the people of Nineveh believed God And proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he rose from his throne, laid his robe from off of him and covered him with sackcloth. And sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock. Taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. Don't party tonight. Don't party this week. For the next season. we It's a time to repent. We've got to get back to God. God has sent us a messenger. He's given us mercy. Oh don't you love this morning. Do you want justice or do you want mercy? Do you want the king or do you want the lamb? I say God give me the lamb. Give all of us the lamb. Even tonight, your worst enemy, if you have an enemy, I hope you don't. God forbid that we be uh, praying or desiring something evil to happen to other people. Especially those that are of the household of faith. We ought to be saying, God, give them mercy. God, give them grace. Again, I I have it back in my... um, um, little bag there, but the service I mentioned on Wednesday night, this is a good message. Uh, Brother Branham uh, spoke it. It was his last Christmas message, 1964, uh, uh, December the 27th. Who do you say this is? Brother Branham was now coming through his last Christmas of 1964. He never, he passed away on Christmas Eve of the following year, 65. And Brother Branham said, we find ourselves at this Christmas. Just about like they did the first Christmas. The world's about ready to fall apart. He said that I preached on it one time. About a Christmas message. The world's falling apart. The world again is just about to come to pieces. Could we say that tonight? And we all say it's falling apart. It's about ready to fall to pieces. you look in chapter 3 of Jonah we see a great repentance I mean don't you think it's incredible tonight that the king an evil king a Gentile man that was not a believer but when the word came by his way he even said let there be sackcloth and ashes on our animals 
on our dogs, on our German shepherds, on our flocks. Can you imagine a goose going by and seeing a bunch of geese and mallards and they all got a bunch of sackcloth and ashes and they're all trying to fly away and they're saying, no, you repent. (laughs) Can you imagine that, Brother Zoe, going through the sidewalks of Blaine saying, everybody repent. We're not watching NFL, NBA, NHL. Repent. Don't drink water. Don't get your, forget your popcorn. These weren't Hebrews. These were Gentile dogs. They're all repenting. They're, they're getting serious. They're saying, God forgive us, Lord. You sent us a minister. You sent us a messenger. Came right out of the, Belly of the whale. I'm watching my words because I twixed him up, you know. Do you all know his story? He came right out of the belly of a whale. He told us he had been wrong. He had been bad. And he, he wants us to be saved. Repent. And they're all like, we repent. Verse 8. Let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Confess your sin. Confess it. Cry mightily unto the Lord. Let men and beasts be covered with sackcloth. Let them turn every one of them from his evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger and we perish not. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented. Watch verse 10. God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. Hello everyone. And Jonah is a prophet. He's the one that said you're all going to die. You're all going to, your God's going to destroy the city of Nineveh. And God sees their repenting and all their sackcloth and he forgives them. This is one of those verses in the Bible. You say, does God change his mind about his word? And Jonah is saying, what are you all repenting for? What are you all coming to? What are you all doing? And he's like, God, you told them they were going to die. You told them and now they're repenting. You change your mind about your word. All kinds of questions and things that go on in people's lives. Where are you going tonight? What chapter of the book of Jonah are you in tonight? How many would love to see a real Holy Ghost revival in our day? Just a real outpouring of God and people repenting. People, oh my, people coming in and they just come on the grounds, Brother Jeff. Brother brother Doug that's back there and all of a sudden they come on and they repent. They begin to cry out to God. They're not skeptical and finding fault and saying, oh you this, that. But they're just repenting. They're saying, God help me. I got a wife. I got a husband. God forgive me. Mightily they begin to say, God, take that out of my life. I think we'd all be happy. I think we'd all in this room, in Zoom, and every person in Cloverdale that is there for the service tonight, we'd say, praise God, hallelujah, the Lord is doing something. We're so happy. But look in chapter 4, verse 1. Jonah. 
our beloved brother. He was the one that brought the message. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry. You know, sometimes we just don't get it. (laughs) Sometimes we just don't get it. A great revival, a great stir. People are repenting. People are rejoicing. People are coming to God. Hallelujah. Well, great things are happening. Happened yesterday. I can't even tell you about it, but it's happening. It's good. Maybe next Sunday we can announce it. Hallelujah. Good things are happening. Hallelujah. You seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. He begins to add to your life. He begins to add to your life. And then down the road, you look at things that happened that could have been negative, could have took you away from God, took like a gas, like you couldn't even hardly breathe. It's like that could have took my life. And you find God just breathe, breathe. You know, since we spoke that, I think three weeks ago. Even even through yesterday, I found myself at certain times catching myself. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself to breathe. Just breathe. And God takes you through things and you look back and you say, that was God's grace. That was God's mercy. Am I preaching to a live audience tonight? You can look back and say, that could have really went sideways. But God, rich in mercy, had a greater plan. And I'm so thankful I surrender to that. You know, everybody's repenting. Everyone's rejoicing. Brother Ryan is singing the song and people are just in their spirit. And and Joan is standing over there, the minister. And it went from this. He got angry. And I don't have time to go through chapter 4, but you can read this maybe later. Do you know in chapter 4, verse 3, Joan even wanted to take his life. My life just for it's better for me to die than to live. And Brother Branham throughout the whole message uses Jonah as an example. Along with Elijah and as long with other inspirational poets and artists and songwriters that get up into this realm. And Brother John knows what I'm speaking about. Most believers because you're a seed of God. God made you to get up into a certain realm. And you get up into that realm. and, And then it just seems like everything's great and everything's wonderful. But if we're not careful we can go down in the valley and we can go down. God made you as a believer to ride those inspirational waves, but we can go pretty low. Hello out there. You're a Jonah. And I'm not saying that derogatory. You're a Jonah and I'm a Jonah. It's time to run into his presence. You can look in chapter 4 and see that Jonah wanted his life to be taken. Even the Lord responded back and said, Doest thou well to be angry? Why are you angry at me? I have put you in the Bible. Your testimony will be read by uh, little children. Sunday school teachers will use you. There's going to be a minister way in December 2020 that's going to use you for an example. Jonah and the whale. And you're getting angry with God. You're so upset. And we can see this God preparing a gourd in verse 6. God preparing a worm in verse 7. God preparing in verse 8 a vehement wind 
And there's four things in Jonah. God prepared a fish. God prepared a, a gourd. God prepared a, a worm. And God prepared an east wind. At no time was Jonah out of God's hands. God had everything working out for his good. Now tonight we've kind of spoke a little bit openly about Jonah running from the presence of God. I don't want you to forget chapter 3 verse 1. God giving Jonah a second chance. Is everyone listening and just give brother John a few more minutes? Can I do that? God didn't go call brother Jim, brother Joe, sister Susie to take the message to Nineveh. God didn't change his plan and he didn't change his man. God's not going to raise up another person. There's no one that can take your place. And God is the God of second chances. And he rewards those who follow his will. And there will be times in your life when you fail. And God comes back again. And he calls you the second time. He said to Jonah, arise. Arise, Jonah. Go to Nineveh. Preach the word. It's almost the same commission as chapter 1. Except this time, Jonah obeyed. Chapter 4 is an amazing chapter. Because even though Jonah got angry. And even though Jonah wanted to die. And even Jonah had all these other bad attitudes. And you can look at it and you say, well, that's me. That's me. That's me. And, and, and Well, you're Jonah. But God fulfilled his will in Jonah's life. Jonah is going to be on the good side when we get to heaven. Let me believe that. God don't put people in the Bible and use their testimony and use them for their, you say, well, I don't understand that. And how did God say this to Jonah and then just forgive and then save them all? Well, you know, friends, there's things in our lives that God brings up and you say, oh, they're just a Jonah. They're just a Jonah. Jesus used Jonah's life in Luke. And that was our opening scripture. In, in the book of Luke, we read it, how Jesus said, as it was in the days of Jonas, and as it was in the days of Jonah, we would say, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And I want you to listen to this, because Brother Branham said, many people condemn Jonah. They condemn that sister or that brother for running away from the presence of God and doing wrong things. They condemn them. And watch what Brother Branham said. I do not condemn Jonah. Oh, you say, well, he's a Jonah. You've heard that expression. But you mustn't do that, Christians. You shouldn't condemn God's servants. Jonah was a prophet. And I know many will say, I'm not a prophet. and I'm not Jonah. But you're still a seed of God. This is very amazing. Brother Branham said he was not out of the will of God. He did just exactly. He must do that for a sign. Everything happens... Not by just happening, it happens for a sign. Do you know that God is bringing you to this place? And sometimes we ask the question, what must I do? I need to make a decision. And so, Brother John, I'm going to close the service with this. You say, what must I do? I'm asking the question, where are you going? Where are you going? And Brother Branham, in a service, there was someone asking the question, what must I do? Then, then, what must I do? Tell me what to do. And then they started crying. 
They started crying. They was under such a desperation. Tell me what to do. He said, that's all I want you to tell me. Just what to do. And I think there's a lot of believers. Because we desire God's will. And we want to be pleasing. It's like, just tell me what to do. So I want to close with this tonight. Before Brother Ryan comes. In Houston, Texas, Brother Benham said, I just want to give this to you before we close. I turned around to get a drink. He said in the service on the platform. Brother Bradham's in a service. And he turned around to get a drink on the platform. They was forming a prayer line. And I turned around to get a drink. Anybody want a drink? You have to get your own from Sister Hendrickson back there. And there was his manager... My Canadian manager, Reverend Mr. Baxter, and I was taking a drink of water. And he'd taken his handkerchief and just wiping the perspiration off my forehead. He said, God bless you, Brother Branham. I said, thank you, Brother Baxter. So he's just talking to his manager. They're just getting a prayer line. And, oh, thank you, Brother Branham. God bless you, Brother Branham. Thank you, Brother Baxter. And I turned around. And he walked around. And there stood a lady standing by the microphone or had been brought up from the prayer line. And I walked over like that and I looked at the lady and I said, how do you do? She said, how do you do? But he said, something happened. I knew there was something that happened somewhere. I never felt it like that before. It was that anointing. It doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit. It's a real sacred feeling. This is Brother Branham describing when he turned around and there was a lady. He said, something happened. I never felt it like that before. It was an anointing and it doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit. It's a real sacredness. So he's just trying to show us something that's going to happen. And I looked at the woman and she was standing there, her regular size. And I seen her get real little and start going back. And I seen a little bitty girl, what Brother Branham's seeing her life by vision, standing way down there where she went down to a little bitty girl of about 12 years old. And I seen her sitting by a desk. And I said, something's happened, friends. I see a little girl. That woman left me. And I see a little girl. She's sitting in the room. She, it's a schoolroom, and she's hitting her pencil. Isn't that amazing? God sees a little girl. Here's the woman, but he leaves there and goes and sees a 12-year-old girl hitting on her desk with a pencil. He, oh, no, it's a pen. It's a pen, he said. And I see it fly, and it struck her in the eye. And a woman, the woman began screaming, and it left off. She said, Brother Branham, that was me. I'm blind in my right eye. He said that, she said the pen. Here's Brother Branham going back in vision to when a little girl is just 12 hitting on the table with a pencil. Oh, it's a pen. And it struck her in the eye. I'm that, that's me. I'm blind in my right eye. And I said, I never had anything like that, Brother Branham says. And then she went back again. And I seen a young lady about 16 years old. And she was just running just as hard as she could. 
How many believe God knows us at all ages? Whatever happened. How many believe that? About a third of you. How many believe God knows? A little girl. Pencil. No, it's a pen. Now that was 12. Now she's 16. And she's running. 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 And she had a big ribbon tied to her hair. And a double plait hanging on her back. She had on a checkered, checkered dress. And she was running really fast. And I looked. And there was a big yellow dog chasing her. You say, why is this sister acting like this? Why is this brother acting like this? And here's the gift of God under that anointing goes back and finds out, oh, it was back when she was this old and then this old. And that yellow dog that's running and the girl's running with a checkered shirt and plaited hair. She's 16 years old and a yellow dog is chasing her. And I said, I see a young lady with a checkered dress and begin to tell it like what I was seeing, seeing, looking in front of me. And I said, she goes up on the porch and I see a lady take her in. And she started screaming. And this lady right here said, that was me. When I was going to school, I have never thought of it before in my life. Incredible. You know, we can be looking at a situation. It can be a sister, a brother, a young person, an old person. You might not have never thought of something that happened in your life, but it takes that anointing. It just takes something to come in there. She said, I have never thought of that 16 years old running, running. And as she runs up on the porch and somebody grabs her and they start screaming. I have never thought of that. And I said, something's happening here. Now, Brother Branham's bringing the congregation into the picture. Something's happening. I don't know what's the matter, but let me take your hand, sister. And I took her by the hand and he said, I don't feel any vibration from it. In other words, she's not sick physically. She's not physically sick. And I was looking down at her hand and I looked up again and I seen a lady coming from a white house. No, he said, it's a barn. It was a red looking barn coming in towards the white house. She had an apron holding something like this and she was walking slow and I seen her come and I said, I see a lady coming. Sister, it's you. That was the normal time then. I could recognize it being the same woman. And I said, now I see the lady. You started up the steps. And I said, there's a flower bed over to your right. And the steps going up like this. I said, there's something wrong with your back. I see that you can't get up the steps. You know, some, some today would say, oh, just get, get next to yourself. Get on up the steps. You know, why are you always tripping around like this? And here's a prophet saying, something's wrong with your back. You lean over sideways and you're crying. And I heard her say, if I can ever get to Brother Branham's meeting, it'll be over. Now, friends, I'm not talking about something years ago. That same anointing's in the room tonight. Where people leaning over, going up. If I can just get into a meeting where that presence of God can come. Oh, Jonah, you don't need to go and slink up the hill in embarrassment. Go fulfill God's will for your life. Yes, she made it. Then I said that somebody, somebody caught the woman and she started fainting. And when she come to her blind eye was normal. Hallelujah. 
Her back, she could just move anyway. Her arthritis was fine. She could move her back anyway, just perfectly normal. I said, something has happened. How many would like that something to happen? Forget about church. Forget about streaming. Forget about Zooming. Let's come into the presence of God and let the supernatural, let God do whatever he wants to do. Arthritis leave. Your eyes be healed. Your back straightened up. It's not get, a greater than William Branham is here. A greater than Jonas is here. A greater than Solomon is here. Jesus is here. But where are you going? Are you running away? Or you want to run too? Now this is what I'm closing with. In this meeting, someone, there's a man in the audience that doesn't have a prayer card. And he sees this lady, 8 years old, 16 years old. Now a lady going up a, a, a stairs to she's delivered. And she's so desperate. And some, everybody in the whole building began to scream all over the whole building. Crutches begin to rattle. And I looked and there come a young man. He said, Brother Branham, he's trying, he's coming up now. He don't have a prayer card. Hobbling up to the front. And he said, tell me what to do. This is what the Holy Spirit asked Brother John to close with tonight. I'm being obedient. Tell me what to do. Some of you might be standing right here saying, tell me, Lord, not preacher, not brother John, the Holy Spirit. Tell me what I need to do. And I said, well, brother, brother. And the ushers came and pulled him off the platform because he's coming without a prayer card. And I said, just a minute. He said, brother. I said, you go back and get a prayer card, sonny boy. That's the rules. That's the guideline. That's what we got to do. Can you imagine, Brother Brown, uh, you go back and get a prayer card. And he said, he just said, tell me what to do. The only thing, I'm just crying, you know. He said, that's all I want you to tell me, just what to do. Brother Brown said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, just a minute. Don't, don't take him, ushers. Brother Jeff, Brother, Brother Martin, Brother Doug, let's just let him, let's just see what God's going to do here if God's in this. Just a minute, don't take him. I said, you left Re- Regina Beach this morning. I, I see him standing. I said, you caught a bus. I seen you over the door, over the door it says Regina Beach. I said, I see a man and a woman refusing you to go. That's your father and your mother. He said, that's right. So this man's on crutches. I got to go. I got to go to the meeting. Over his head, it says Regina Beach. And his mother and father are saying, no, don't, you can't go, can't go on the bus. Can't go. They're refusing. And I said, I see another man loans you some money. It looks like your father. He said, it was my uncle. Watch Brother Branham. He's in a vision. He sees a man give him some money to come. And he says, I think that's your, no, it's my uncle. My last page. And he said, my uncle, I said, I see you. I see you in a room. And it's got a bay window. And you're looking out to the side. And the man said, that's my aunt sitting over there. I'm living in her room like that. There's, here's the man on crutches saying, I'm living in with my aunt. 
And there's a bay window in my room. That's my aunt. And I'm living in her room. Now the man says, what must I do, Brother Branham? I said, do you believe with all your heart? He said, with all my heart. I said, stand up on your feet. Remember, he's on crutches. I said, stand up on your feet. Jesus Christ has healed you. And down went his crutches and both legs came straight. And down through the building he went, just glorifying God. I want to say, praise be to God tonight. That same Jesus is in the room right now. Same Jesus. Say, we don't have Jonas here. We don't have Solomon. We don't have Brother Branham. We don't have another office that we would love to be here. But Jesus is here. Do we just see the walls? Do we just see a pulpit? Are we just going to put in our hour of time and then drive back home tonight empty? Where are you going? Where are you going? I say that tonight. As Jonah runs from the presence of God and wants to get away. Where are you going? And I see that tonight for the you that have chosen the harder way. And your life has been a reproach to the, to the world. And you've become a, a gainsaying because you followed Christ. Where are you going? I want to encourage you tonight. You are a Jonah that's back on the right road. God's blessing your life. It's not a time to get angry or upset or wonder about the gourd or wonder about the worm or wonder about this. It's time to get back in his perfect will. And where are you going tonight in your mind? Where are you going after this service? After you log off, after you leave the room. Where are you going? I want to encourage you tonight. Brother Ryan, if you come. I want to breathe new hope inside of every person. I want you to know that you're better than an animal. And I don't think a whale has ears. Does it? Does it? Think It does. Somehow it heard the voice of God. And took Jonah Not to Joppa, not to Tarshish, exactly where he needed to be. Say, explain that. I'm not here to explain how an animal knew where to go and how to get there and how he heard. And if you spend the rest of your life trying to understand everything, you'll never understand. Tonight is the night to ask the question, where are you going? What are you doing with your life? Your one life. That will soon be passed. And I was gripped last night. I was gripped at our opportunities that we have. And we don't know after tonight. Where our opportunities go. But God help us. You can play something brother Ryan. God help us tonight. We don't want nobody else's blood on our hands where we just went through the motions and kind of went through the routine and it all became a tradition and formal. That's why it had to be shepherds. Because the church people would have totally missed it. They had their charts. They had their priests. They had everything all. This is how Jesus is going to come. 
And that's why he never came to them. Why? It had to be shepherds. Where are you going? Shepherds. We're going to see the king. Friends, we we couldn't be enough dramatic. But I'll say this tonight. If it'll save a soul from going in the wrong direction, be more dramatic. Inspire us, Lord. Don't let that brother leave the service with spiritual crutches. Even his mother and father was trying to get him not to go. And he got the money from his uncle. God bless that uncle. Because when that man came running up to the house that night. And everybody's like. Where's your crutches? Something happened at that meeting. And I don't know however the Holy Spirit deals with your heart. But friends. We're living in a very dark hour. When very few people are being dealt with by the Holy Spirit. Do you all agree? The world is falling apart. People can get so enamored and caught up with things of the world in just a few minutes in the presence of God. It just seems like they have lost that real connection. I want to say tonight, Lord, restore unto us that connection back to you. Where we can say a greater than all of these things that have. Can you believe a man called Jonah could go through all that he went through and get angry? And get upset. Say well that was before the blood. That was before the Holy Spirit. I I get that. But even today. Even in our season. Even in our time. Even in the last eight months you would say. I just pray Lord bring an alignment. Bring an adjustment. I I think it's wise. We're in December. Where are you going? What are you doing? How has all of this affected you? Turn your eyes upon.